Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Every so often, we all need a little encouragement, some words to capture our mind, engage our heart and enliven our spirit. And that's my intention with this podcast. It's an opportunity for you to take a few minutes out of your busy day and listen to what I hope is thought provoking and empowering content. Each week, my guests and I share stories, challenges and vulnerabilities, as well as tips and insights on a whole range of topics all with the aim of helping us to live in a more soulful, authentic and integrated way. So thank you for tuning in. Let's jump into this week's episode. Hello, my friends, and welcome to this week's episode. The topic that I'm going to be delving into this week is one that over the years I've spoken about at conferences, perhaps more than any other, and that's personal branding. Simply put, personal branding is how we market ourselves to others. So you can see how it's relevant in many different scenarios. You know, it's important if we're attending an interview, delivering a presentation, especially if we're seeking to create an experience for the audience rather than just deliver information. Of course, it's important from a general career perspective as well, career development. Um, And if you run your own business, you're probably well aware of branding and your own business brand, which, of course, is far more than just a logo. And if you are your own business, you know, if you're a sole trader uh, and your business is an extension of you and your passions, um, which I know is the case for many of you tuning in, then the lines between branding and personal branding can get a little blurred. But we'll look at that later as well. So this week, I'm going to be examining the factors that impact our brand um, how it ties in with the customer service theory of moments of truth, which is a fascinating area in itself. Um, And I'll share some reflective questions that will encourage you to identify action points that will help you take full ownership of your own personal brand. Uh, For me, personal branding is not about being someone other than who you are, uh, which can be a concern for people in this area. You know, all image and no substance and all that. Uh, But rather than personal branding um, being, being, you know, Um, how would I say it, less than authentic, you know, I really see it as a mechanism by which you can leverage your authentic self uh, and allow your best self to shine. I first came across personal branding as a topic back in the 1990s when I was doing my MBA. And it's a topic that fascinated me then. And I've read loads of books on it since. You know, elements of personal branding come into so many different aspects of my work, as I say. And it's something that I um, how would I say it? I speak on this topic at conferences a fair amount because it's easily packaged, you know, and supplements many other themes that fall under the leadership umbrella. Most recently, I've been very aware of my own brand and personal brand, more so than normal even, because I've undertaken a website refresh that took place over the summer. Um, so actually on that topic, if you've not visited my website in a while, jamesweetman.com, uh, do pop in and have a look because it's quite different. Um, My last website was six years old and it it needed a little refresh, um, a little facelift, I think, uh, to more accurately reflect what I do and more modern trends in web design and all of that. Uh, And I can't believe that in almost 20 years in business, I I think this is my fifth. I've actually lost count. I think it's the fifth iteration of jamesweetman.com and uh, and I'm certainly proud of how it looks and what it communicates now so do pop into that if you haven't been on my website in a while 
Uh, but anyway, back to this week's topic in personal branding. As I said at the outset, it's all about how we market ourselves to others. So let's dive in. Before I share some definitions with you on personal branding, let's take a step up and just look at branding itself as a topic. It's something that we associate with organisations, you know, big firms, you know, the likes of McDonald's brand, Erlingus's brand, Nike's brand. You know, but what is a brand? Well, a brand is a name that stands for something in the mind of the customer or the general public. Um, one of my favourite definitions of branding is by uh, Scott Bedbury, who says a brand is an emotional connecting point that transcends the product. That's quite deep, that one. A brand is an emotional connecting point that transcends the product. That brings us into the area of emotional as well as uh, logical influencing. And for me, in the work that I do, the, the emotional connecting part is so important. So maybe that's why that uh, that definition really resonates. So that's what brand is, and we're aware of that. How does it translate into personal branding? Uh, well, personal branding is the powerful, clear, positive idea that comes to mind whenever people think of you. It's what you stand for, your values, abilities and actions that others associate with you. Now, that's the wordy definition of it. In simple terms, it's what others say about you after you've left the room um, or sometimes nowadays after you've, you've clicked off from the Zoom meeting. So when other people think of us, what do they think? Now, this brings us into the area of, well, you know, people can choose to think about us, whatever they wish. Uh, but with personal branding, we're looking to uh, influence that. Um, you know, we, we, we say we shouldn't judge books by their cover, but we sort of do. I think it's part of our defence mechanism. We make assessments about people around whether we're safe in their company or not, um, around what their status is like. You know, even if you look at the, you know, the traditional way of greeting someone shaking hands. Um, I learned a while ago that that comes from, you know, offering your hand as a sign of not just peace, but to show that there's no weapon in it, uh, which, which is a way of connecting rapport. Um, or finding rapport. Um, um, and all of that is at, at play here when we look at factors that influence our brand as well, which of course includes body language, but we'll get into that. Uh, one of my, my favourite quotes in this area is by the management consultant Tom Peters, who says, we're all the CEOs of our own companies, me incorporated. To be successful in today's world, our most important job is to be the head marketeer for the brand called you. So we're our own little organisations, me incorporated, as he says. And even if you're not running your own business, that concept is relevant from a career development perspective. That again brings me back to my MBA days where I did my thesis on the, the topic around motivation and loyalty within organisations at a time when the traditional employment contract was breaking down. So people weren't just joining a firm and staying there for 42 years. They were much more mobile. This sounds very antiquated now, but it was only back in the late 90s. Um, and people taking ownership of their own careers were more aware of their own brand. And that was one of the driving forces behind the whole concept of personal branding. Uh, personal brand, of course, is something that we can equate with reputation. Uh, the two are related, but they are there are differences between them. You know, reputation tends to be something that just follows us around a bit like a, a shadow, whereas personal brand is something that we're working on more purposefully. Reputation tends to just happen, whereas a personal brand is created. 
Reputation, of course, is based on past experiences, so what we've done in the past. And that's relevant when it comes to brand. But our focus is much more on the present, where we are now, and into the future, where are we going? So we're taking ownership over what what we have control over. So we don't have control over the past. We have control over where we are now and where we're heading. So with reputation, it tends to be a byproduct of our attitude and behavior. And again, that's something that is relevant with personal brand, but it's much more conscious. We're we're doing things with much heightened conscious awareness. And in this area, of course, we cannot control it completely, but we aim to significantly influence. So with much more mindfulness almost around how we're interacting with others, the impression we're creating, attention to detail, and we'll get into all of those different uh, factors that are relevant. Um, But it's something that we're doing from a much more conscious place. So what are some of the factors that impact our personal brand? And this relates to the concept of moments of truth that's particularly relevant under the heading of customer service. So I remember a good few years ago delivering workshops on customer service and, and how to enhance it. And I explored with the with the groups the, the whole idea of moments of truth, which are these touch points where people make decisions. So think of it in relation to, say, um, uh, going to a bank. Um, you know, we have a certain expectation as to how we will be treated. Then there's the first impression when we cross the door of it, how we're greeted. Um, you know, do we feel or believe that the person looking after us, when you can actually find someone in a the bank these days, of course, you know, has our own best interests at heart? You know, um, do they resolve the issues that we have? They're all different moments where we form decisions as to the, the quality of the service, as it were. Something similar would happen if we're, say, phoning up a technology company because we have an issue with our laptop. You know, I have a certain expectation as to how things will be dealt with. Is that expectation met or exceeded or or, or not? Um, do I, you know, is my call uh, answered in a, in a timely way? You know, is the other person pleasant? Do, do I feel as if they care about me as a, as a customer? All of these are, uh, in most instances, unconscious, um, but they're sort of zero-sum games. It'll either be met or not met the expectation. And if the expectation is exceeded, it's a positive experience. If it isn't, not so much. Uh, think of it as well, maybe going into a restaurant. We have certain expectations as to how things will be. You know, am I waiting for a while for something to be served? Um, Is there goodwill there? You know, is the person pleasant? All of these um, are factors that determine our experience. And they're equally relevant when we look at it from our own personal branding perspective. So if we look at it in relation to all of the different touch points that we have. So say even in the the, uh, circumstance of going for an interview, you know, what are some of the factors that impact? Well, it might be correspondence, email, CV, um, uh, letter of application, um, uh, phone call. Um, even in other instances, it might be if we run our own business and someone finds us through a, a Google search engine, you know, what's the first impression when they visit our website? Is there a certain expectation that they have for someone who works in our industry? Um, that all impacts brand. And nowadays, of course, it's uh, social media presence. You know, if your name is shoved into Google, what pops up? Um, an extension of that in, in more recent times was when we're maybe having Zoom calls, you know, is, is that professionally set up? 
you know, or someone looking at your pile of ironing in the corner, um, which which I've had on more than one occasion when working with clients. You know, when we're visible to a potential employer or customer or group, you know, our body language, our posture, our appearance, our grooming, all of that impacts on the impression that we form on other people. I always remember that years ago, meeting a potential designer, I think it was, and, you know, she could have been a very capable person, but she looked so disorganized and was very late for our meeting. You know, the, the moment of truth was that I wasn't giving her my business because the expectation just wasn't met. And um, that leads us into, you know, punctuality, reliability, contactability, certainly in a, in a professional setup. You know, if someone cannot be trusted with time, what else can they not be trusted with? Um, other factors that impact our brand is our attitude, our behavior, our general uh, sociability, you know, how friendly or how pleasant are we? You know, even things down to if you're attending a meeting, what accessories are with you? You know, is it a nice pen or a chewed big biro or, are you, you know, tipping your papers out of a, a plastic bag? You know, and, and at one level, all of these things shouldn't make any difference. But paradoxically, I call them the critical non-essentials. Because added up, they do form an impression. And um, as I say, we sort of think we shouldn't judge books by their cover, but we do. It's part of our defense mechanism. And in this area, all we're doing is just looking to be a little bit more aware of the factors that impact on how other people may view us and just to pay attention to them and um, and adjust as required based on the overall impression that you're looking to create. So what are some of the, the skills or mindsets involved in creating our own personal brand? Well, obviously, we need a healthy dose of self-awareness. You know, we need to be able to, to assess ourselves objectively. Uh, we're looking at our skills, uh, our achievements, our strengths. Remember, my definition of strength is those things, those activities, those qualities that just make us feel strong on the inside or make us feel most ourselves. Um, sometimes they can be things that we are um, praised on or receive compliments on, the things that come naturally to us. Um, being able to assess the positive benefits that we have with others when we're uh, interacting with them or from a business perspective, what we help our clients or customers do or achieve. Uh, what else is relevant when it comes to personal brand? Well, the self-awareness bit for sure, but then the flexibility of being able to put ourselves in other people's shoes and to look back on ourselves objectively. So I was mentioning earlier about my website redevelopment. You know, one of the one of the things that I did um, quite a bit um, and in a lot of detail was if I was a potential customer um, or an existing client coming onto my website, what is it that I want them to experience and feel? So I had to get out of my own head and look at it through the through the lens, through the eyes of customers, potential customers. Uh, taking ownership of our personal brand, of course, brings us into the territory of taking personal responsibility. You may have heard me say before that I I. I'm very big on that concept of personal responsibility um, and I split the word responsible into two. So at the highest level, we're looking to be response able. We want to be able to respond in different scenarios as best we can. Um, but responsibility also covers things like not just taking ownership of our behaviours and attitudes, but our thoughts and our emotions and you know, even the energy we bring into a room, which is one of my definitions of leadership. Leaders are responsible for the energy they bring into the room, for the energy they create in the room, 
or on the Zoom in, in modern parlance. Um, creating our personal brand is also about finding the balance between big picture thinking and attention to detail. I think attention to detail is important here. And to know as well that with personal brand, it's not a, a one, you know, one time fix all. It's an ongoing activity. It's a bit like work life balance in that regard. It's something that you're constantly aware of and maybe adjusting um, as required. So if we're looking to maybe take greater ownership of our personal brand, what are some of the, the steps involved? Well, for me in this area, it's really about having some good questions that bring maybe new information into our awareness. And then we can make decisions and um, maybe instigate some actions. So there's three different steps, three three steps to creating our personal brand. I'm going to take you through them. Um, the, the first one for me is about knowing what's important to you. So as I said at the outset, personal brand is not about being someone other than who you are. It's a way of marketing yourself. It's a way of leveraging your best self. And uh, that starts from a place of substance, you know, a place of knowing what it is you want, uh, what it is you want to achieve and why that's important to you. So these questions um, really bring us into the space of identifying our own values, you know, values being our ingredients and our recipes for fulfillment. Um, and they're also the, the main driver of our motivations and decision making. Um, so, you know, to have an awareness in this area is always a good thing. So step one in creating our personal brand is knowing what's important to you. So here's a few questions to reflect on under that heading. You know, what's important to me about my career or working life? And again, these are not questions that can be answered with just one word. You know, <laughs> they require a little bit of contemplation. What's important to me about my career, my working life? What do I want my career or my working life to do for me? That I have to say is one of my top 10 coaching questions. Um, when we have a little bit of experience behind us, um, you know, asking ourselves, what do we want is perhaps not the, the best question. You know, what do I want my working life to do for me brings into awareness criteria that I'm seeking to satisfy. And that's relevant here when we look at personal brand. We might also want to take a moment to just think about our wider personal ambitions and goals. Um, I know that's something I certainly did when I was in the website redesign project this summer. You know, I thought about five years from now, you know, under the work umbrella, you know, what is it I'm looking to do, create, achieve, you know, who are my ideal customers, etc. So with this first step, we're thinking fairly uh, big. And as I say, it is tied into um, our sense of our authentic selves. This is not about being someone other than who we are because personal branding is about how we market ourselves to others. So we're looking for that definition of ourselves to be to be one that's solid and, uh, and clear. So step one is a bit more clarity around what it is we want and what we uh, stand for. Uh, step two in creating our personal brand is a bit of fine tuning. So again, a few more questions here for you. Uh, what would you like to be known for? You know, what is your niche might be another way of phrasing that. Yeah. What would you like to be known for? So when people think of you, what do you want them to think? Um, what do you want them to associate you with? Um, what do you want to what do you want them to see as your particular area of expertise or your niche? So we will never know for sure how other people view us and you know um, we don't want to spend all our time in other other people's heads second guessing ourselves. But with personal branding, it is that combination of knowing what we stand for, knowing what we want 
and then viewing ourselves through the lens or the eyes of our potential clients, customers, employers. The second question that sits under this step, uh, the second step of creating our personal brand is for me one that really goes to the heart of personal branding. It's the bullseye. And it's what words would you like others to use to describe their experience of interacting with you? So remember earlier I was saying personal branding is what other people think about you or associate with you um, or what they say about you after you've left the room. Um, This is looking at that head on. So think about it, say, in the context of potential employers. You know, you're going to an interview. When the interview is over, you know, the interviewers will look to each other and they'll say, well, what did you think of him? What did you think of her? And their initial response won't be to do with specifics around what you said. It'll be their overall impression. It'll be their 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 experience of you, which is front and centre when it comes to personal brand. If I'm working with clients, helping them prepare for interview, that's something we we work on, not just what they're saying, maybe how they're saying, but also who's showing up at the interview. That's also true. Remember at the outset, I was saying this is relevant for those delivering presentations. You know, after you've delivered your presentation or your talk from the top of the room, you know, what's people's experience of you? You know, was it boring? Was it interesting? Was it engaging? Was it funny? Was it informative? You know, that's that's where the initial assessment is before the, the content of what you're what you've spoken about is then discussed. Um, so what's the experience you want others to use to describe what's the words you want others to use to describe their experience of interacting with you? If I'm doing work in this area with someone, say, on a career ladder and career development is the topic. You know, I'll often say to them that you need to be known by your manager's manager if you're in a big organization because they'll often be speaking about you when you're not in the room. So if they're speaking about you when you're not in the room, what do you want them to be saying about you? And, you know, we cannot control that completely, but we are looking to influence it. And that that is what personal branding is about. As I often say, it's about controlling the controllables. And with that topic in mind, you know, well, what are some of the factors that are within our control? Because so much isn't, you know, other people's opinion of us is not within our control, but we're looking to influence it. But what is within our control? Well, our attitude and our mood, you know, we often have habits in this area. We often have triggers in this area, you know, but if my attitude is inside me, you know, I'm the one who's responsible for it. You know, the way we say things like, well, he annoys me or she frustrates me. Well, really, what we're saying is I'm habitually choosing to respond to them in a frustrated or angry way. People do what people do. We choose how we respond to them. Um, I'm also in control of the effort I put into something. I'm in control of my standards of professionalism. Um, um, I'm also in control of my body language when I have awareness in that area. Um, As much as possible, I try to control my punctuality. And I'm also in control of my flexibility. You know, that old definition of madness, doing the same thing over and over again and hoping something different happens. Well, if I'm looking for something different, I need to do something differently. And that brings us into the territory of flexibility. Um, And sometimes we can get stuck in a rut Um, And sometimes we need to work consciously on being a little bit more flexible in our approach. So there are factors that are within our control. The final step, step number three in creating our personal brand, building on the two steps that have gone before, is to take some action 
You know, I'm a great believer in that old phrase of, well, knowledge is not really power. You have to do something with it. Otherwise, it's just wishful thinking. So to be perceived as you would like to be perceived by others, what do you need to focus on? What can you do more of? You know, what can you lean into? And this can be something very small and very subtle, but you're making a few adjustments. You know, you're thinking about the experience you want others to have when they interact with you. So therefore, to help achieve that, what are you paying more attention to? Of course, sometimes here, it's not about doing more of anything. It can be doing less of something. You know, what can I do less of that would take me closer to the experience I'm looking to create for the people I'm interacting with, whether it's that, that's potential employers, customers, uh, my manager, my manager's manager, the audience at a presentation, whatever the context is for you. So what can I do more of? What can I do less of? So this area of personal branding is uh, is a fascinating subject. And I hope this week we've dipped our toe in it a little to um, to maybe give you a, a better understanding of it as a topic. I have a few more quotes and a few reflection questions to close with. Um, but it is a, it's a fascinating area. Many different books out there on the topic. Tom Peters, who I mentioned at the outset, has a very good one called Brand You, um, B-R-A-N-D-Y-O-U which is quite a short book, a little pocket-sized book. Um, But I took a lot from it myself. So a few reflection questions to close based on the topic of personal branding and some of those steps and factors that influence our brand that I've shared with you. So from today's session, um, from today's episode, you know, what are you taking away? What's something that was helpful for you? You know, on the, the last step there of personal brand, you know, what could you do more of or less of? Uh, to help shape your experience or the experience that others have when they interact with you. You know, if you, was, if you were a little bit more courageous, what could you try? Because again, there's no such thing as perfection in this area. Sometimes it's just about trying something new, road testing it, seeing what works out. Um, how can I be a little kinder towards myself? That might sound like an odd question in the context of personal branding, but I know uh, for myself, certainly, and I know for many of you listening in, we can be very tough on ourselves. And sometimes in this area, it's not necessarily about doing more of anything, but maybe doing it with a different uh, mindset uh, and one that's perhaps um, closer to um, being kind towards ourselves, more more self-compassion. Um, and then final reflection question, you know, what could you try this week that your future self would thank you for? So if we're thinking about future goals, where we're going, what we're looking to achieve or do um, from a timeline perspective, you know, if you think of six months out, three or four years out, you know, and if your future self was looking back on you and say, oh, well, thank you for starting that this week or for giving that a go or for trying it, what, what might that be? Um, and again, sometimes it might be just a pacing thing. It might be related to self-compassion as opposed to to striving towards anything. So hopefully there's a good cross-section of questions there that has just stirred up your thinking a little. So I'm going to close this week with a a little story, a little parable uh, that's accredited to the American educator, 
uh, Kim Schumacher. No, although it relates to a car, I don't think she's any relation to the uh, the Formula One driver. Um, but I found this very powerful when I came across it initially, and it's one that I've shared at the close of a number of workshops, and it has resonated with people. So um, I'm not sure what the title of it is, but I'll just delve into it anyway. It's a little parable. So a father said to his daughter, you have graduated with honours. Here's a car I bought many years ago. It's pretty old now. Before I give it to you, though, take it to the used car lot. Tell them I want to sell it and see how much they will offer you. So the daughter went to the used car lot, returned to her father and said they offered me a thousand quid because they said it looked pretty um, worn out. The father said, take it to the pawn shop. The daughter went to the pawn shop, returned to her father and said, the pawn shop only offered me a hundred quid because they said it is an old car. Uh, The father asked his daughter to go to the car club and show them the car. The daughter went to the car club and returned to her father. She said some people in the club offered a hundred thousand quid for it because they said it was an iconic car sought by many collectors. Now the father said to the daughter, the right place values you in the right way. If you are not valued, do not be angry. It means you're in the wrong place. Those who know your value are those who appreciate you. Uh, Never stay in a place where no one sees your value. So I think that's a very powerful message. Um, I would perhaps add into it as well that it's so important for us to acknowledge our own value you know, we have to see the value in ourselves and what it is we do before others will. I think that's a, a powerful um, parable and a nice way to close this week. So I hope, my friends, my musings on the topic of personal branding have been helpful and that you've taken something from it. And until next time. Thank you for listening this week. If you enjoyed this episode and have a moment, please rate, review and subscribe if you haven't already. And maybe you'd like to share it with a friend too. For more information about me, James Sweetman, my coaching services, workshops, books, and for more podcast episodes, be sure to visit jamesweetman.com.